because I know this tool exists, uh, being like what is offered through Coursera, I now have confidence that I can always change my life. I can always take the next step. Welcome to Work Inspired, a podcast where leaders in business, commercial real estate, technology, and design come together to discuss change, challenge, and opportunity in today's professional world. This show is powered by BOS, a leader in commercial interiors. The team of workplace experts at BOS is equipped and ready to help you navigate the path to your next workspace. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out in your career, you're going to learn something new today. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and get ready to work inspired. We talk a lot about the future of work on this show. Today, we'll complement that with discussing the future of learning. Education, training, and development is something that's been significantly impacted by the remote nature of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's one of the top discussion points as we discuss and strategize with leaders who are navigating the path forward. Today, our very special guest, Kim Kaldbeck, who's the chief marketing officer from Coursera, is here to talk about how remote learning programs and digital learning tools can help us maximize culture promotion, attraction, retention, and the success of our teams moving forward. Let's get started. Kim, thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. So excited to talk to you about what you and the Coursera team is doing. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Excited to be with you. So before we dive in, tell me a little bit about your professional story. Who's who's Kim Kaldbeck? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would say that I always had a passion for thinking about people. I studied sociology and psychology in college uh, and was really interested in just what makes people tick, how do they relate, how does that shape our society and culture. Uh, and from there, was trying to figure out what that translated into from a business perspective uh, and quickly found myself gravitating towards marketing. So I spent some time uh, doing uh, sales and marketing uh, training program within the consumer packaged goods space, then kind of found my love when I joined Landora Brand Consulting Agency, which was the perfect blend of taking that understanding of people, what makes them tick, and then applying that to understand how businesses, products, and services could actually make their lives better and meet needs that they have. And so that was kind of really where I fell in love with the concept of marketing being much more about how do we connect the products and services we can offer to those unmet needs. Uh, I went back to business school to figure out what industry I wanted to do that in, where I wanted to apply that and get a broader sense of business. And I quickly caught the startup bug, recognizing that uh, that was a place I could apply that skill set to hopefully make people's lives better. Um, and that really became my driving force is how do I take these skills and apply them to places where uh, we're really transforming the way that people go about their day-to-day experience and lives in a positive, meaningful way. Uh, I joined Apple in an iPhone app marketing role in early app days, which wasn't a startup, but it was definitely changing the way we all lived our day-to-day lives. Um, And after I finished, I joined Facebook, where I was for five years, really believing in the power of connecting everyone um, and what can come from that. So I spent a couple of years there in business marketing, some time doing mobile product marketing, especially with... uh, feature phones and Android phones in emerging markets, and then really worked on uh, Facebook's consumer-facing brand. Uh, I uh, had my first child there. I have three now and had what I call my existential new mom crisis and was trying to figure out uh, what path to go down and really wanted to get back to those original roots of where I could build something that truly was going to make a difference and have an impact 
found out about Coursera, um, quickly kind of honed in on the education space and just felt like Coursera was the perfect place to be able to both have that deep transformative personal impact, but also that scale at, at global scale, which was the bug that I had gotten from my Facebook experience, right? And so it was that blend um, with an amazing culture that brought me to Coursera. Uh, I've been at Coursera now almost seven years. Uh, shockingly, it feels like it's gone by in a flash, which I, you know, you don't always say, which is a really good thing, I think. Um, and I, you know, remain as excited today as when I started about that transformative potential at scale that education and Coursera working with our partners can bring to the world. That's incredible. And I think we should point out that your education background is of a high pedigree. You've been to Stanford, Harvard, you've worked at some incredible companies, and then add in three children to your resume. <laughs> you know, that in itself is a full-time job. I know I have three of my own. So uh, <laughs> congratulations so far on all the success that you've had. Um, very remarkable. And I think it sets, sets the stage well for talking about the role education, learning, and development plays in um, not just the our future of, you know, the youth of today, but also in business and in attraction and retention and some of these hot topics right now. Tell me a little bit more about what Coursera does. Sure. So Coursera was founded in 2012 by two Stanford professors, Daphne Kohler and Andrew Ng, with a mission to transform lives through learning by bringing that universal access to the best learning to people all around the world. And that has really remained the foundation. So it started by one of them putting their Stanford courses, data science courses online. Over 100,000 students joined that class and they knew that they were onto something from all over the world. And so today, Coursera offers everything from courses and guided projects, which are applied projects, all the way through bachelor's and master's degrees. Mm -hmm. We also offer professional certificates that enable people to get job ready for those those entry-level jobs in high-demand fields. And so really what we're trying to do is enable people wherever they are in their educational or professional journey to go from where they are to wherever they want to go, right? And so mm -hmm. what we look to do is, is we partner with university uh, universities and industry partners to bring their content to the world. Uh, we operate globally. Over 75% of our learners are outside of the U.S. Uh, we now have 97 million registered learners around the world, um, and we're constantly looking for ways for them to uh, have the right learning experiences to meet those learning goals, whether they're trying to get a new job, uh, advance in their current one, or you know, really be empowered in whatever way it, they're looking for in their lives. Sure. Is the target kind of age? Is it is it college level and beyond? Yes, that's the that's the target. So um, we do have an offering for college students, and then uh, as the world evolves quickly in today's world, we all need to be lifelong learners, and our focus mm. is really providing that lifelong learning solution. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we've recorded a number of episodes so far for season three of this show, and we've had two prior seasons all of which took place during the pandemic. And and so I feel like every episode we talk about the incredible amount of change that we're experiencing, right? How things are so much different than they were back in 2019 and before that. Um, the learning set, you know, the learning industry or segment is is certainly one that was drastically impacted by the pandemic. Uh, you know, I've got a I've got a had a first grader at the time, and we switched to remote learning. And the experience of learning completely through digital tools, apps, and Zoom calls, it was very unique, and uh, it had its challenges, and I think some of some of its opportunities as well. But tell me, how did Coursera kind of navigate the change? that um, was brought on by the pandemic 
as a company and also as an industry, you know, learn, just the concept of learning digitally. It sounds like you guys were set up for that before the pandemic, but mm -hmm. I'm very interested to know how you kind of responded to the change and opportunity and challenge of COVID-19 in the last two years. Absolutely. And hopefully we're all more excited about the future of digital learning for college and above, as opposed to our first and kindergarten students, which I certainly yeah, sure. don't advocate for. Um, but yes, Coursera was luckily in an amazing position to be able to serve during that time. So I was actually on my way back from my third maternity leave and the day the world in, in the United States shut down and never quite made it back. But I jumped right into conversations where it was clear everything was shutting down. Students around the world, universities around the world were suddenly not able to put work on their degrees or their education in person anymore. Mm. Um, and so Coursera quickly was able to come together and build a solution uh, that we called Coursera for Campus Response Initiative. So we already had an offering where we could offer, you know, these great courses from universities and industry partners to colleges and universities. But what we did when COVID uh, shut everything down was we made that free to all mm -hmm. universities around the world who are impacted and all students around the world who are now unable to go get their education. Um, and within you know, just months, we had over 4,000 institutions using that free offering. Uh, we were able to reach 2.7 million students around the world. And so that was the first step that we took. We knew that our core audience could no longer learn. And we wanted to jump to making sure that we use the tools that we had to enable those universities and those students to get online quickly. Mm. Um, beyond that, the other, the next you know, thing that really hit everyone was unemployment, right? So as the world shut down, there were also so a lot of people who are displaced from their jobs and their income. So the second thing we did was work on our workforce recovery initiative. So another audience that we work with are governments. So we created an offering for that any governmental agency could sign up for that provided that same free Coursera offering to anyone who was unemployed. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was a way that we could really help try to get people back on their feet and, and the job opportunities that would allow them to participate in this new digital economy um, and, and learn remotely. And so those were the first two things uh, that we jumped on right away to try to contribute and do our part. Um, the other thing that was happening is we are at the intersection of the future of work and the future of learning. Mm -hmm. And so it also impacts our company and our employees. And we were early in jumping on uh, actually moving to a fully remote workforce. So we still have our offices, people can come in and use them. But we right away decided, you know, this is the future, we're going to be able to hire people from everywhere, we're going to enable people to work from everywhere, um, which allowed us to really change our talent strategy as well. Uh, and, and recruit really fantastic world class talent from anywhere in the world, uh, really help with our um, underrepresented group hiring efforts, um, and all of that. So that was another big piece to it. Um, and then the final thing that I would say that we did was working also with our uh, businesses. We created an employee resilience program. So Coursera also offers fantastic content like the science of well-being and mindfulness and things that uh, a lot of people also needed support on during the pandemic. So we were able to offer that to our business customers and also create free offerings around a lot of that for our consumers in general. Mm. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about the, the corporate side in a minute, uh, but staying with the universities, uh, very interested to know, you know, because in our industry, we we are looking very closely at the future of work. We're talking to a lot of clients because we, we do space. We do a lot of commercial space mm -hmm. and talking to a lot of clients around 
what is hybrid? You know, what is what, how do you bridge in person and remote teams? Uh, what is it? What are the benefits of of being remote and that flexibility and the choice and the the um, some of the lifestyle benefits that that affords versus being in person and some of the uh, culture promotion and, and and relationship building of benefits of being together. And so I'm interested as as you talk with the universities, you know, because that's I think a great. Uh, sister example of mm-hmm. of what we're dealing with in the corporate world is traditionally the college experience has been to go to a university and to be together, to go to a classroom, to be taught by a, a, a professor. But clearly now there's the tools like yours, you know, and there's digital content and online experiences that maybe is reshaping how that looks. Even the idea of a four-year degree, maybe, you know, the concept of nano degrees, or, you know, I I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and some of the degrees that you've got from Coursera, you know, like some of these more, maybe more tailored uh, approaches, but from the, from the college perspective, you know, let's put aside for a minute, continue learning throughout your career. But from that college perspective, what are the universities talking about as it relates to college 2.0? I don't know what you call it, but the future of learning, as you said. Right. Right. Well, I think an important distinction to make is really how we think about the difference between a traditional student, which is a lot of what you were just talking about, you know, someone Mm -hmm. who is going to a four-year residential program on campus and uh, is, you know, between the ages of 18 and 22, basically, and and doesn't have all of these other life commitments. Mm. Uh, I think, um, and even within that traditional student, there are a lot of people who are left behind, right? So only Mm. a real small percentage of people in the in the population actually are able to experience that traditional student experience for a variety of reasons. So the main, uh, with that, the main audiences that we're trying to serve are actually those who are not typically traditionally in that student group. So, Mm -hmm. um, as we talked about, a lot of people are actually going back, whether it's their bachelor's or their master's degrees or continuing education throughout their lives. And the reality is they're working full time. They have family commitments. The average age of our students is in their you know thir- early 30s. Um, so these are not the 18 to 24-year-olds typically. Um, so uh, for that audience, these options are really critical because that mm. four-year residential experience was never what they were going to be able to do anyway. Um, you know, from a university perspective, there is a ton of value to those experiences. It is an amazing experience. It's not that, uh, like, we we continue to believe that that will be a important and relevant experience for a pot set of the population that. It, it works for. Um, and we're really trying to serve everyone else. Um, the other thing is there are many millions of people who have some college, but no degree or no, no college. And so again, um, yes, it might be that younger age demographic, but they're, they are individuals who need to work to make a living, have other commitments um, and online can really open doors for those populations as well. Um, and also in less traditional ways sometimes. So, you know, something like a professional certificate where you can get prepared for an entry-level job in a high demand field and four to six months for $40 a month. Um, It can be a really transformative credential. And then we also work with our university partners to find ways to enable those to stack into or count for credit into bachelor's degrees if and when they decide that that's a step that they want to take. Do you see a future where maybe the term bachelor or master degree is not as necessitated as it is, as it has traditionally been? I think there will continue to be a lot of value. We offer them because they currently are the most transformative credential on the market. That said, mm-hmm. I do think that this is changing rapidly. And I think that the uh, the catalyst for that change is the fact that there are 
the faster that we have new skills that are required to do jobs and fewer people who have those skills because of how quickly those skills have come to be, the less we'll be able to rely on those traditional programs that are long tenured, right? And so Mm -hmm. the more there is demand for skills and talent, then there is supply of people to fill them, the more we will all embrace uh, whatever Mm -hmm. ways and means people have gone about getting those skills, which I think will be really good for uh, equalizing opportunity and things like that. Definitely. Well, we're both in marketing. We both are probably you know, p- passionate about content. Uh, and uh, as you talked about the the doors that uh, tools, like, you know, companies like Coursera and the digital space open for learners, is it so for teachers as well? Are you seeing the um, Are you seeing that there's more possibility now for a larger group of people to actually? teach and to provide content that might have in the past be limited to someone with a teaching degree or that was employed by a university? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are, uh, to teach on Coursera, most of our instructors are affiliated with either a university or a industry partner, basically a company. Um, Mm -hmm. We do have an instructor network of amazing instructors who teach our guided projects. So some of those applied learning opportunities and subject matter experts are always pulled in, but there are a number of learning platforms that truly anyone can teach on um, that have a lot of uh, writing, especially as you look, you know, in the K-12 space too, you start to see platforms like OutSchool that, um, you know, allow people to teach anywhere. And certainly is uh, something that I've used with my kids in, in trying yeah. times at home when we're all stuck at home. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating, fascinating stuff. I, I think, uh, you know, one of the questions a lot of companies are asking right now is we, we realize there's been a lot of challenge and change. But what are some of the ways that we can turn this change into opportunity? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think uh, some of the emerging technologies and just the ways of working are forcing a lot of industries to reinvent themselves. Yeah. So I think a, a, a company like yours is is an incredible you know tool uh, or yeah. or platform through which they can turn change into opportunity. But any advice that you've got for for people asking that question? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things from an employer perspective is the fact that people, we've broken down so many assumptions about what's possible with remote work and how we Mm -hmm. collaborate and tools are only going to get richer and better for that. And so what we are all struggling with is how do we recruit and retain the best talent in the world? Um, And so I think this opens enormous doors and I would start Mm -hmm. there. So uh, certainly being able to recruit from anywhere allows us to attract much more diverse talent pools um, and really high quality uh, talent from all over. And then once they uh, come into your company, just like they can work remote, they can learn remote. And so I think you know, platforms like Coursera, we we spend a lot of time on our offering for businesses, which enables uh, individual employees to really map, I want this type of role. Here are the skills required for that type of role. Here are where I have relevant skills that trans- translate into that. And then we package the content that will enable that continued learning and progression on skill development within academies and skill sets that are tied to things like Leadership Academy, Data Science Academy, Marketing Academy, Tech Academy, um, and so there are these there are entryways to get into new roles, and then there are pathways to advance in those roles. So again, you don't have to rely on exactly that having that experience in the past or exactly what you studied um, during your university experience to enable yourself to progress in those in those different domains and those new skill areas. So I think that's one of the biggest opportunities. 
Sure. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, we've heard, we've all heard the term, the great resignation, right? We know that burnout's rampant. Uh, there's statistics that su support all this. We've also seen, I think I just saw a study from LinkedIn that said 94% of employees say they'd stay longer at a company if there was learning and development programs right. supplied, but people don't feel like they're getting it for the You know, that's what the yeah. statistics show. So um, are, are you, are, are you seeing proof of that? Are, are you, when you work with a client and you initiate a, uh, a, a continued learning program within a business, are you seeing a tangible impact to retention? Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of it depends on how a company implements it, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But definitely, we have customers who work a lot on their learning development programs and have fantastic outcomes. And they do see both that skill development within the organization, which is which you can actually measure now um, in much richer ways, uh, sure. as well as people progressing and retaining in their roles. So it definitely is an area with a lot of opportunity. Um, and there's also an interesting blend of um, more career advancement opportunities and then longer term opportunities. So where you see a lot of those retention benefits also is if you have someone enrolling in a in a more significant certificate program or degree program, they're actually going to be enrolled in that program over a longer period of time. And we actually have Coursera employees who, you know, uh, are taking Coursera degree programs and we see those people retain as they're, you know, moving through their degree programs too. Sure. I, have you do, have you seen consistencies or uh, aspects of companies that do it really well if there is a company that says, we know learning and development is important, we just aren't quite sure where to start, or maybe the program that we've got in place doesn't seem like it's bearing fruit for us. Yep. Do you have any advice for companies looking to better leverage digital content within their career development programs? Yes. Tie it to the business outcomes you need to drive, right? So mm. uh, they're, you know... The kind of historical approach to learning and development was in within companies has been we need to create a culture of learning and we know that people should be learning forever but the reality is learning is also hard work and we all have day jobs and so i think the key is to actually tie it to we have projects we need these skills we need these types of employees or we have these roles open and we need to move part of our workforce so when you're trying to either make those large technological changes within your organization or you have new uh new work that just needs to get done that requires new skill sets, that's the place to start, right? Because mm -hmm. there are, this is literally like, you need to get these skills in order to deliver what we need to do as a business. The other tactic that I think is really uh, beneficial is really tying it into your performance management system, right? So everyone has skills that they're trying to develop. Um, throughout their career. That's the point of performance management conversations and annual review processes and things like that. Um, so making sure that you leave those conversations at an individual level with these are the skills that are going to help you get to the next level in your career. And again, with platforms like Coursera, you can say, you know, for the next level in this type of position, here are the skills that are required. Here are the skills from your role and here's the gap. And then here's here's the learning that will help you close that gap. And you can be learning while you're doing it on the job, which is a real advantage to really retaining that knowledge, making it useful and all of that. So those would be my two tips. Yeah, those are, those are great. Do you find that companies sometimes struggle with the type of, you know, obviously some employees ha will probably have a greater thirst for knowledge and learning and continued mm -hmm. development than others. Yeah. Uh, is it, are these programs of, often more effective organically to those types of employees? Or do you guys also work with employees through process, structure, policy, 
uh, career path progression planning to, to kind of bring the entire organization along. I thought I was interested that you said the culture of learning, and I want to talk about culture in a minute, but interested at how, how do you, how do you encourage employers or leaders to make uh, a program like yours yeah. relevant to everyone at the organization? Yeah. Where we have the most success is working with functional leaders who are mm -hmm. really, who have specific goals for their organization. And then we have those academies that I mentioned, like data Academy for the data science team or tech Academy for all the technical teams or marketing Academy for the marketing team. So sure. then you're really mapping your job roles uh, within your organization to the skill sets required for those job roles. And so that's where we see the most success um, is really working with those functional leaders to make this part of their skill development for their organization. And then we also work with, you know, um, HR leaders who are working mm -hmm. on their learning development programs at large and also their uh, recruitment efforts um, on, you know, what is the foundational knowledge that everyone in your organization needs, right? So mm -hmm. leadership academy before leadership training was reserved for, you know, the top 10% of employees, but everyone needs to be a strong leader if you want to maximize impact in your organization. And so we can do those things at scale, for the mm. entire organization, we can train new managers. We can, you know, help people in their training on DEI efforts. We can provide courses like AI for everyone for, you know, uh, a layer of technical training that everyone in the organization can benefit from. So there's both that kind of um, deep functional training as well as that horizontal. What are the things that are most important for everyone in the organization to know? Sure. Is it usually an initiative that starts with HR or is or do, or is this coming from all all levels of the organization? It's both. It's definitely mm -hmm. both. So, mm -hmm. you know, HR has an ongoing mandate typically mm -hmm. to work on these efforts. Um, but where you really see the fastest adoption and change and impact is when it's those functional leaders going to HR and saying, I need you to help solve my business problem because we can't sure. perform if we don't have people who can who can execute on these skills. Sure. Is Coursera something that's available mostly for larger organizations or can small businesses take advantage too? Yeah, small businesses can take advantage too. So just to give you a sense, so we have an offering or a big offering direct to consumer, which is everything mm -hmm. from courses to degrees. Mm -hmm. And then within the enterprise audience, we actually have three segments. So one is um, selling to businesses as they're working to transform their talent, which we've been talking about. Another mm -hmm. is selling to universities who are looking mm -hmm. to make their curriculum more employability related um, and really modernize their curriculum. And the third is to governments who are looking to upskill and um, drive change in their workforce. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, a lot of it is working with larger companies, but we also have a self-serve product that anyone can sign up for Coursera for Teams, which enables, you know, organizations of any size to, or teams within organizations to, um, get started with a smaller set of employees. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about culture. What's the culture like at Coursera? It's the best. Um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, many organizations are mission-driven, but I think what makes Coursera so special is just how mission-driven it is. Um, we, uh, we have a really clear set of values that truly guide us and, and came from within. Um, and uh, one of the first one is learners first, right? Um, which is we are here to serve learners. We, yes, uh, our platform is uh, all about offering the content we offer from our partners. It's our partners' content, not Coursera's. Um, mm -hmm. But we are trying to help bridge the gap to make education 
meet the needs of learners today. And so that's where we start. Um, then we have play for team Coursera, which is all about, you know, the mission that we are trying to embark on is bigger than any one employee. Um, and so that's really focused on, it's always about what's best for fulfilling our mission. It's not this team or that team, or it's, it's we, um, and it's team and it's not, um, individual or functions. And we do a lot to make sure that we're aligned and all bought into those uh, decisions and trade-offs. Um, learn, change, and grow. Of course, we are a learning company. We believe in growth um, and development. Um, and so that is something that we always strive for is to have that uh, testing, experimentation culture, innovative culture, culture um, which is really important. Maximizing impact because, again, we're all here to just make learning and, and the best education as accessible as possible to people around the world. And finally, another really special one is uh, love without limits. So our company tagline is learn without limits. And one of our most treasured values is love without limits, which is really about embracing the diversity and dignity in all of our employees and our learners um, and, uh, and celebrating that. That's awesome. And it sounds like you're very passionate about it. In fact, one of my questions as a marketer is, how does brand, how does you, how does a CMO or a marketing team help to promote that culture? It sounds like it's a great culture to start with. So your job might be easier than at some <laughs> other organizations, but tell me how you use the digital space in your role to promote the great culture at Coursera. Yeah, definitely. So I think, uh, we, a little over a year ago, updated our branding. We created a manifesto. So that really spells out our beliefs and why we're in this and just the belief that learning is the source of human progress and a human right and really what we're here to do. Um, so that is something that, you know, you get in your new hire packet when you start at the company, it's in your orientation. Hopefully you see that carried out. We, we re come back to that a lot. Um, the second is nothing is better than hearing directly from our learners, our partners and customers. Um, and what, uh, just innately comes out when you're talking to those audiences is, um, how Coursera has actually changed their outlook on themselves and their own capabilities and what's possible. And so um, it is that really deep connection to, um, you know, because, because I know this tool exists uh, being like what is offered through Coursera, I now have confidence that I can always change my life. I can always take the next step. Um, and so certainly featuring learner stories, our customer stories is a centerpiece of what we do. We bring learner stories to all of our all hands. Um, we have them <laughs> around our offices that we don't go to anymore. Um, but we definitely try to uh, imbue ourselves um, with our, our, and our unlearners and customers as much as possible. So I think that's the big other thing. Um, and then I think the other is just really onboarding and training around those values. We have them built into, you know, some of our performance standards. We, um, talk about them a lot. Uh, and I think that's the other piece to it. Sure. You mentioned your offices, uh, quick sidebar there as the pandemic subsides hopefully and you know and who knows where it's we're going to be in the next month or five months but what, what's your plan are you guys planning to stay in the remote space i know you're in the office today is there a path back to some capacity so the offices as long as they are allowed to be open have been open but 
we will not go back to the old world. So people have mm-hmm. relocated all over the world. Um, we plan to have them open for basically hotel desks. So if you want to work from the office, you can where we have them. Um, but we're shifting to basically all work, work is remote first. Uh, mm-hmm. Our offices, I think, are going to be largely for uh, collaboration or problem solving where people come together. So, you know, our offsites will now be in the office sure. uh, uh, or that um, community time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're experimenting with different different ways of, of bringing people together to build community at different frequencies. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we are creating kind of community days and because we're so distributed now we have groupings of employees in places where we don't have offices too. So we're working on the ability to have pop-ups in different cities like Atlanta or Chicago um, and bring people together uh, in person in those spaces, even though it's not where we have offices. So we're moving much more to that kind of uh, community pop-up space at some frequency um and and bringing people together that way cool well if you're in chicago and you need a space to pop up (laughs) we've got one so just let me know (laughs) tell me about the year ahead what's one thing that you're looking forward to in the next 12 months yeah i think um you know certainly we are still in times of rapid change um but Mm. i'm looking forward to building forward i think so Mm. much of the past couple years has been reacting um, to the changing world around us. And I think we have a really solid vision for where we're building towards. Um, and so just get it built, bit creating that new normal, which will be rapidly changing new normal. Um, but that's one of the things I'm just really looking forward to is, is being more in proactive mode as opposed to, to reactive. Mm. I can tell by your passion and your energy that you've still got a lot planned for the Coursera organization and team. But if you were retiring today, what's one (laughs) word of advice that or a bit of wisdom that you'd leave behind? Good. Yeah, good question. Um, (laughs) Definitely still have lots of time before before that. But um, the first thing I would say is just, you know, do something that you're passionate about and be intentional about where you spend your time across your life. Um, Mm. I uh, really believe that if you, you know, you might not exactly know where it's going to take you, but if you do something that you're passionate about, you're going to be more fulfilled and better at it. Um, Mm. And also, uh, you know, I think all of what has gone through has only made us all more reflective about what we really want and what's really important. And uh, starting with, you know, those personal principles of these are the things that are my non-negotiables that are, you know, the things that make me fulfilled and happy. Um, And my, my philosophy is if you love what you do, work will get enough um, and just make sure that you have been intentional about those things. So that is uh, definitely the first. Um, And then the second I would say is um, just always bring that kind of growth mindset. So Mm -hmm. again, focus less on exactly, is this the perfect next step or next opportunity, but more about what you're learning along the way um, and what you can contribute along the way. Um, And I think you'll end up in a, in a good spot. I love that. And I love that you are providing those who are thinking that way with a little bit more confidence through a platform like Coursera. So thank you for that. Uh, One question, final question that I ask uh, every guest is, has there been a resource that's been helpful for you or useful in your career and with the success that you've had so far? Lots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think um, really, like first I would just say relying on those more informal networks and taking that growth mindset, right? There's always something that you can learn from people around you. And typically you're more connected uh, to people who have the types of experiences or things that you're interested in than you might think. Um, And then second related to that, um, definitely uh, 
there are all kinds of ways to learn both on the job as well as through platforms like Coursera. So, you know, when I became a chief marketing officer, I never, you know, marketing is a very distributed field and I didn't know anything about SEO. So I took an SEO course to, you know, fill in those gaps or, you know, you take a leadership course to fill in those gaps. So there's just so many resources available to you. So I think, um, worry less about what you don't have today and what you can get and build to next. (laughs) Perfect. What's your favorite or most unique Coursera course that you would recommend? There, there are so many, uh, but a couple of my favorites. So um, one is this uh, science of well-being class that has mm-hmm. been a total fan favorite during the pandemic. It's amazing. Um, another is AI for everyone from one mm-hmm. of from our founder, Andrew Ng, which is another fantastic one that everyone should have you know, some level of understanding about. Um, and the final one I'll throw in is there's also a fantastic parenting course from a Yale mm-hmm. instructor. That was one of my personal favorites. Cool. Well, Kim, thank you so much for all this insight and inspiration. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you and very much looking forward to uh, following the work that you're doing over there with uh, your team. It sounds like you guys are doing great things. So thanks for your time today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to rate our show. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Work Inspired Podcast so that you don't miss any of the incredible guests we have planned for upcoming episodes. We'll continue to find the best and brightest minds in business so that you can learn, grow, and succeed, and so that we can all work inspired. Work Inspired is brought to you by BOS, a leader in commercial working environments and a Hayworth best-in-class dealership. Experience our 360 approach and discover the team, tools, and techniques required to navigate the complexity of your next workspace at BOS.com. If you have ideas, feedback, or would like to be featured on our show, please email podcast at BOS.com. Thank you for listening. This has been a Workspace Digital production. If you're interested in launching a podcast at your organization, please email info at workspace.digital for a free consultation.